This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. No matter what kind of life you came from, what is it about parenting? And I, you know what? I think the same could be said from any, every generation that the, the previous, the following generation, we, we want to make it better for our kids, right? The following generation. And unfortunately, we've gone to such extremes it was a, a while back that we heard the term helicopter pa- parent, <laughs> helicopter pilot. We've heard that term too. But the helicopter parent, you know, the parent who hovers and makes sure the child is doing everything really well and making sure all their tasks are completed. And in the last little while, there is a newer term that is out there when it comes to parenting style. It's called the lawnmower parenting Rami Mahmood is a senior lecturer at the University of Texas, Dallas's Teacher De- Development Center and Science Department head at Williams High School in Plano, Texas. Rami, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Angela. Thanks for having me. For some of my listeners who may have never heard of lawnmower parenting, what is it? Uh, well, in essence, it's when um, you, as a parent, care of course, greatly for your children, and you naturally don't want to see them hurt. So it's very common as a parent to want to uh, maybe block your kids from putting themselves in situations where they may feel pain. Uh, And that's, you know, very natural. But what tends to happen over time is if you have parents who are doing this consistently to, uh, to their kids, it's sort of like in the lawnmower analogy, uh, literally, lawn mowing down or mowing down any sort of weeds or obstacles or adversity that may be approaching them so that from the student's perspective or from the child's perspective, they honestly never think that there's anything that's going to get in the way. They honestly see all lawn is just naturally being trimmed and mowed and they're able to pass through it easily. So it's sort of the mentality of being so protective for your children that you almost become detrimental to them uh, through their own experiences by tearing away any potential obstacles before they ever even knew they existed. So they've got this well-groomed path ahead of them. Exactly right. (laughs) You know what, earlier today uh, on one of our other shows, Danielle Smith, she talked to a father who is allowing, teaching his kids to use public transit. And this is in uh, the province of British Columbia, where government officials are quite concerned that he is putting his children in harm's way if they're always taking public transportation. And that almost is where we've gone in some of the the parenting styles, that heaven forbid we let a 9 or an 11-year-old take public transit to school because we're so afraid of their safety right i think you know i think so much has changed with our society that you have you hear so many horrible stories and you're so terrified about letting your kids kind of get past your arm's reach uh you know because you're so terrified that something horrible could happen um but honestly there are you know i can't speak to that particular scenario but and every everybody's parenting style maybe and, and willingness to to allow their kids to take certain risks probably is varied from one parent to the next. But from an academic perspective, I can definitely attest to the fact that more and more kids are coming in really having very little to no experience with any real adversity. Uh, because honestly, they, they really do grow up with this perception that everything is relatively easy and everything comes easily and everything comes with fairly minimal effort because from their perspective it really has anytime that a natural obstacle 
should be approaching them these lawnmower parents, parents who love love their kids very much, and of course it's very much understandable why you'd want to be this protective for your child, but they'll naturally either block the obstacle for them, they'll deflect them away from the particular uh, situation, or just do a number of things that never really give them the opportunity to recognize a potential obstacle and learn coping mechanisms for how to overcome them. Rami, hold on here. We're talking about lawnmower parenting. I mentioned helicopter parenting. We also have to check helicopter traffic. So let me just take a quick break here. It's 337. And Rami Mahmood is uh, my guest this half hour. We are talking about lawnmower parenting. And Rami, I like the fact that you are involved in the education system. I mentioned that you are, let's see here, Department Head Williams High School in Plano, Senior Lecturer at the University of Texas, Dallas's Teacher Development Center. So I, I like that because you're really seeing it firsthand then as to what the lawnmower parenting does and actually what the how negative it is then on a child's learning um, their experience. So give me an idea what you're seeing with these parents and then how that adversely affects that student. Absolutely. Uh, I can say from, uh, from a teacher's perspective, it's really our job as an educator is to present obstacles for our kids and to do it in a way that uh, gives them opportunities to learn how to struggle and still be able to overcome that particular obstacle. And this is normally something that's kind of been a routine process in the development of, of the children and something that they can usually uh, overcome fairly easily because they've they've grown up with adversity and they've grown up with challenges and obstacles and they haven't had these uh, these overly protective parents constantly blocking the failures for them. So they get the opportunity to experience failure and recognize that failure is not something that's completely detrimental, but they can actually recover from and they can learn from and they can build from. And so by the time they're walking into our classrooms and they're um, confronted with an academic obstacle, they're usually, they have the coping mechanisms and they have the experience to work with the educator to overcome it. Unfortunately, what's happening so much more often these days is when confronted with an obstacle, even though we as educators are here and ready to work with them, they are so terrified by the situation that they they really just completely freeze up and they have absolutely no idea how to even begin trying to overcome that obstacle, again, because of the, the lack of experience that they've had. And then I wonder, especially when we see failure and parents making sure their child never experiences failure, what that means come report card time. Because I wonder how much pressure parents put on, well, I know how much parents put the pressure on their child and also then their teacher if their report card actually comes with marks that aren't where the parent thinks they should be and how, how bad that is for the student. Right. And, you know, we can talk about this a few different ways, uh, but I can definitely say that what tends to happen more often, maybe if, you, if we went back 50 years and we had a situation where a student showed a, uh, a poor report card to their parents, the, the criticism and questioning was very much directed to the child. Like, mm-hmm. what did you do wrong? What did you do to, you know, why aren't you accomplishing the tasks and, and how can we make sure you're fixing this? More and more, it tends to be the parent having such a uh, kind of filtered perspective of their child and assuming so many things are just perfect about their child because, again, they never really put them in a situation where they would have to really challenge themselves, that when they are performing a little more poorly in the classroom, the blame is quickly thrown on the educator. Mm. And, you know, not to say that there aren't poor educators out there or there aren't scenarios where maybe definitely 
the blame can be put in multiple places. But it does seem to be much more common that you'll have parents that will never even begin to consider that their child may have some role to play in their particular failure or maybe not performing as well. And it's, it's a difficult challenge to have uh, to have with the child. I will say also um, something really interesting is happening to our kids that are in this position when, they, uh, feel, when they're feeling adversity for the first time in the classroom. Uh, psychologically, they really do something that's kind of brilliant. Uh, they will purposely avoid from... Uh, putting a lot of energy into a particular task that they think they may have a chance of uh, failing yeah. in so that when they fail, they can blame it on the fact that they didn't try. So it's like these kids are purposely, they recognize there's an obstacle, they recognize there's a chance I'll either do very well or very poorly, but because they're not experienced with the challenge, they'll choose to do poorly so they can simply blame it on the fact that they didn't try. These are kids who will say, uh, you know, I could have, I could have, pass that test, but I just didn't study. Or I could have passed the class, but I just didn't do the homework. Mm. They'll purposely take the zero for a homework grade, or they'll purposely take a failing test grade over the fact of really committing to something and still failing, because it's such a terrifying concept for them because of their lack of experience. Rami, I want to take a break because you've set it up that, yeah, we've got the lawnmower parents. This is what can happen negatively then to the student. How do we turn things around? Rami Mahmood is my guest this half hour, and we are talking about lawnmower parenting. 403-974-8255. You know that's the number to call or text if you want to get in some thoughts. I'm Angela Kokot. Back after this. We are talking about lawnmower parents. Rami Mahmood is with the uh, senior lecturer at the University of Texas, Dallas's Teacher Development Center, science department head at Williams High School in Plano, Texas. So, Rami, before the break, you were saying that, you know, uh, a kid sometimes intentionally doesn't prepare for a test because then if he is afraid of failure, he can always say, well, I didn't prepare. So we, we've got all these terrible scenarios. How do we turn this around, though, so that parents feel like, okay, it's okay for my child to fail. They're going to learn from this. But what is some advice you've got to maybe turn things around on this lawnmower parenting? Absolutely. I, I think the best way to, to generally uh, explain the best thing to do in situations where they're confronted with failure is to really think about the difference between intrinsic and extrinsic motivation. Um, extrinsic motivation is very much about providing rewards or punishment for situations and basically to the point where a child will um, adhere to you and will comply to you or be obedient simply because they want to appease you, not because they want to change anything for themselves, compared to intrinsic, which is really asking them to consider their particular role in any given situation and really consider how they could have affected the event and what they can learn from it so they uh, can possibly approach it differently again in the future. Uh, so if I give you a particular scenario, let's say that your son or daughter is involved in some sort of an activity that they've been working on for quite a while, maybe a sporting event or some sort of a recital, and when the event day approaches and the actual event happens, they perform very poorly and they're extremely disappointed. Uh, it's everyone's natural parental instinct to want to go in there and just coddle the child and just hug them and tell them how much you love them and how it's perfectly okay and don't worry about it or I thought you were wonderful and just to try to quickly deflect the situation, right? Let's all just go get ice cream at the end of the game and pretend like it never happened. Uh, that's the natural instinct and that's probably the easiest approach. But what all of those do is deflect that particular event for your child. So your child goes on never really taking that moment to introspectively consider 
the event and maybe try to learn from it. Uh, so the best advice that I could give is when confronted with that, that kind of situation, try to block your natural mm-hmm. parental instinct and really think more about asking questions that force your child to to pay attention to their event, to, to their particular uh, participation in that event. There are three questions I really would encourage you to always ask your child to consider any time they're um, performed poorly in a situation or confronted with failure. The first is to ask them what role did they play in the particular failure because it's easy to blame uh, other people or other things and very often there are other factors at play. But by blaming other things, you're again deflecting it and not letting them focus it for themselves. The second is to ask them what they could have done differently to be more successful. So rather than just saying, you'll get them next time or don't worry about it, let's move on, really consider, okay, if, if the same event happened again a month from now, what are you going to do differently to really put yourself in a position to be more successful? Again, forcing them to think critically about the event and learn from it. So that, again, the third question is, how can I learn from this experience so that all three of these force them to really consider their role, their actions, and make them want to make a conscious decision to improve themselves, not for anyone else's benefit or for anyone else's approval, but really for their own. It really is only through failure that we learn things. But I don't want to put this all on the kid. And in a way, I don't want to put it all on the parent either. But how much of the parent's ego is at stake here. Is that, I, I'm just trying to understand because I see bits of me in your scenarios. I, I'm right. sure not sitting here saying, oh, all those parents are so terrible. But there's a part of, I think, every parent that wants their child to be happy and to succeed, but we sometimes forget that success only comes through failure. Right, and, and you know, there's bits of all of us. In, you know, all of us have this natural mentality, and I, I, anytime I talk about this, I stress very early on that having these instincts to want to want to catch your child when they're falling mm-hmm. is extremely natural, and you should never, by, by no means, feel insulted for having any of these thought processes or having reacted in a way that maybe we're talking about here, because it's extremely normal, extremely natural. Um, but as as a parent, when you're in this situation, there's there's so much we can do if we're consciously considering how our reaction can really affect the way they can see failure in the future. And, and you know, little things that may be minimal for us have so much to do with them. Uh, in relation to ego, I really think that has a lot to do, maybe like you were mentioning, helicopter parents, uh, as well as a lot of this reaction and lawnmowing, is you naturally want to see your children be successful, but at the same time, you want to protect your own perception as a parent. Mm. And uh, very often, if your child performs poorly on something, a lot of parents can see that as meaning, I am parenting poorly. Yeah. Like it looks poorly on me. And if, if my friends see that my child isn't the best on the team or isn't the best piano player, that looks poorly on me. And so my natural reaction may be to quickly get them out of the event or quickly uh, get them to focus on something else so that they can, uh, all my friends can see how good they are at something else and, yeah. and help boost my own parenting ego a little as well. So I, I completely agree. I think ego has a lot to do with it. I got a texter and I like this one. Find out what the ch- child feels about the failure. It's the child's event, not your event. I wonder if that yes. could be one of the extra things, just to to realize that it's what the child's going through. It's not what you're going through. I completely agree. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. Rami, thanks for the conversation and, you know, great timing as we head into another school year. Really appreciate it. 
course. Thank you for having me. Rami Mahmood, he is out of the University of Texas, but also a science department head at Williams High School in Plano, Texas. So he definitely has dealt with his lawnmower parents. And you know what? One other thing I wanted to share, though, because this was a good point, too. Someone was saying that um, their wife is a teacher. Says, uh, your guest hit the nail on the head. My wife is a teacher. She has had... Male principals at her school change her report card marks to better ones just to avoid complaints from the parents. And it's at the detriment of the student who in grade three still cannot read. So, you know, we're not helping anyone by deflecting or avoiding failure in our child's life. We've got news coming up next. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary.